Welcome to Dragon Talk, everybody! Yeah! Woo! Very excited to start this official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I am Greg Tito, and for our 303rd episode, oh my gosh, I'm welcoming Shelly Mazanova. Hello, hello for 303 times. That's a lot of times. Yes. I feel like we're counting wrong still. Even me saying that, I'm like, is it really 303? I feel like we're going to get the math wrong at some point, but, you know, we know we had at least 300 episodes. Theater English majors are not known for arithmetics. That is why some of us became theater majors, because there was (laughs) no math required to get that degree. (laughs) That is very true, unless you're a lighting designer, which I am not. I am not either. Yes. But But do you know who is going to be in front of lights? I do. Cameras? And action! I do! Our guests for today! B. Dave Walters and Becca Scott, two of the hosts from D&D Live 2021. It is going on July 16th and 17th. There's so many different ways you can watch D&D Live when it begins on July 16th at 12 p.m. Pacific time. You could watch it on Twitch, on our D&D Twitch, our D&D YouTube, the G4 Twitch, the G4 YouTube. You can even watch it on Peacock which is the streaming service run by NBC Universal uh, that is all in the G4 uh, Comcast's loving family of entertainment properties. How crazy is that? I think even our friend Kelly Knox uh, just mentioned how we went from Stream of Annihilation from a small studio in the Seattle area uh, streamed on Twitch four years ago, 2017, to what we're doing with D&D Live this year uh, in... 2021, the year of Pelor, uh, 2021 is amazing to to have that much leveling up happen in four years. I feel like you need a little nursery rhyme for all of the different ways that you can, or like a Dr. Seuss-ish thing. Like, you can watch it in a box. You can watch it with a fox. You can watch it on peacocks. You can wa- watch it with your socks. I love, I, see, you just did it. We, that's that's improv comedy right there. I That's like, that is the top of... Of the heap for improv right <laughs> That's why you were an English major, is because you could just make up Theater. Dr. Seuss-like lyrics. Theater. 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 Yes, I was uh, in the English and theater. So D&D Today. Live got like even more exciting this week. That's right. Just cranking out those uh, announcements and the participants going on. I can't yeah. even keep up with how much there is. So much info. I know, right? Like, so we mentioned the uh, Lost Odyssey, Last Light Table, which is full of amazing comedians and entertainers. Dungeon Master by Kate Welch. So excited that we got to talk to her last week. uh, All about that fun game uh, that will be happening uh, during D&D Live. We also, a few weeks ago, talked about WWE superstars coming together to play uh, with Dungeon Master Abria Iyengar. Um, But we just announced... In addition to the Lost Odyssey Last Light table, Tiffany Haddish is joining oh my that God. table. I mean, right? really? Really? Like, like, I knew it before it was announced, but when I read it on the internet, I, I got all excited again. I it's was like, oh, like, there it is. It's true. It's happening. And it's not even like her first time playing D&D. I know. I love that she was a fan uh, and had gotten into it so much. Um, yes. But that cast is amazing. We got Jack Black, Reggie Watts, Lauren Lapkus, 
Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, and all helmed by Kate Welch uh, with Tiffany Haddish joining that one. Uh, there are three other Dungeons & Dragons tables going on that I want to make sure you all know about. Uh, the first one is by uh, one of our guests today and host of D&D Live. B. Dave Walters will be the Dungeon Master for the Palace of the Vampire Queen, which features all many cast members from... AP Bio, uh, a oh show God. that is on Peacock, starring Patton Oswalt. He'll be playing uh, with some amazing folks, Nick Paney, Marissa Baram, Alison Snyder, and Jacob Houston from that show. How cool is that? Patton Oswalt has been around so cool. the block. In a, like the best possible way. Yeah, exactly, because that can, <laughs> can be construed as a negative thing. But he has played D&D uh, a whole bunch, and I'm so excited that we finally have him. I mean, literally when we were talking about this event, uh, that uh, was going to be a D&D uh, uh, live from Meltdown, uh, which was actually 2016. Uh, we talked about getting Patton Oswalt to the table then, and I'm so excited that he is finally joining a D&D live table here. Uh, and then our friend Amy Vorpal is dungeon mastering for a very silly table called the Flubby Bonks and Guzzle Shucks table uh, <laughs> with a combination of amazing uh, hosting talent from G4, Kevin Pereira, Adam Sessler, Fiona Nova, Ify Nawadewe, Dr. Lupo, and Nega Oryx. Uh, some very, very awesome, um, prominent folks in the internet community, not even the D&D community, uh, but the general internet awesomeness. And that's not it. I can't, no. I can't believe that we have another one to talk about. Come on. Right? My friends at Beetle and Grimm's uh, pitched this a couple months ago, and it is hilarious. It is called the Faster Purple Worm Kill Kill Table. John Ciccolini uh, from Beetle and Grimm's, this is Matthew Lillard's company with uh, the host of this one, Bill Rahor, is getting together a whole bunch of fun folks, Seth Green, B-Dave again, Deborah Ann Wall, and Xander Jeanneret, uh, and they are going to be playing in a table that is more improv comedy than Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone knows that their characters are going to fail, and it's all about setting up these amazing perhaps uh, uh, you know, full of bravado characters uh, and describing them in great detail, and then they go up against a very, very difficult monster. We're talking Tarrasque, Purple Ugh. Worm, you know, ancient red dragon level of uh, enemy they were going to fight against and most likely die. And it's all about the glorious deaths of their player characters. It's an hour long. Uh, again, it's Dungeon Mastered by John Ciccolini from Beetle and Grimm's, and I think it's going to be oh, pretty fun. Gosh. Oh, I think that I'm going to need more of this. I already love it. It hasn't happened. I think it's such a cool concept, and I actually think it could be very therapeutic in a way that if just to like love them and lose them. Just, I just want a Dungeon Master to just run me through an hour of D&D when I come prepared with like 15 characters that I just love and adore because I just created them. I get attached quickly. <laughs> and, then, and then just, oh, done. That one's yep. gone. Oh, that one's gone too. I just, I feel like it would make me a better, braver, bolder Dungeons and Dragons player. Right? If, it's kind of yes. like that, uh, you know, kill your darlings uh, yes. kind of idea in writing and creativity, yes. right? Where you want to have something that you're attached to and losing that, you can really feel that loss sometimes and sometimes that, that drives people away. But here it is, embrace it, right? Like, yeah, like you're meant to do something crazy and silly and stupid and maybe construed as brave in your own mind. But, I mean, I still mourn the loss of Kevin. 
my Minotaur barbarian who died by falling off a bridge three minutes into a lair assault. <laughs> and why didn't I leave? Like, why did I just sit there for like two and a half more hours and watch my group? Like, why was I just like, hmm, looks like you guys are having a lot of fun. I'll just sit here quietly. <laughs> Right? You could have been making it the most glorious death ever over and over again. I love could they the have concept me back? of this show of, of faster purple worm kill kill because it is all about embracing failure and, and the yes. dramatic comedy that can come from, I mean, how much of our comedy is based on falling and tripping and like yes. the most awful things that happen to the funny clown men uh, that we watch like a Jim Carrey or a Jerry Lewis or... or uh, um, Three Stooges. Uh, Melissa McCarthy uh, was the name I was trying to think of. Like, right? Oh, that that is her. just funny. Yes. And I think that's what this whole session is going to be about. Yes. And embracing failure. Like, in real life. Like, this yeah. could actually help people who have a real fear of failure. You know, all you therapists out there that are listening and already using D&D in your practice, I think you might need to embrace or bring in a little faster purple worm into your <laughs> Maybe not called that in the therapy <laughs> session, but... <laughs> well, um, yes, so I'm going to uh, employ a tactic called Faster Purple Worm on Your Daughter. Um, um, it also has Kill Kill in it with exclamation <laughs> points, but we're going to But I really think it's going to help her thrive in school. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, is I think it would. It honestly would. Well, speaking of daughters, I saw both of your daughters yesterday when I was picking Quinn up from camp. Nice. Edna opened the door for me because I realized I didn't know the code and all of the children were just staring. Uh, like, like, can somebody help me? Which I guess is good. You don't want to just let strange adults into camp. Mm, but uh, Edna was very kind and opened the door for me. And then Fiona yelled to me from across the room and she was busy making friendship bracelets. Aww. Which is like the most camp thing you can do. She loves friendship and bracelets. It's like a good combo. I know. They're so cute. I love They are girls. cute. Uh, hopefully, you didn't get to see Fiona about four hours later. Uh, or I'm glad you didn't have to because we were playing catch. We're getting ready to play baseball over the summer. Oh uh, and a uh, ball hit her in the eye. And she had one of the hugest no. bumps on her face that I've ever seen on a small child. Definitely on my kid. Uh, oh, my God. Like the size of a baseball. Uh, and we're like, let's just put some ice on it. We're putting ice on it. And uh, luckily it did get down and, and uh, she's absolutely fine. No, no, no problems detected. But man, that was, it was a scary moment for a moment. And she's kind of like, do I want to play baseball? And I'm like, yes, you do. Because you're so tough now, right? Yes, she does. I mean, she's going to show up on the ball field with that giant goose egg. And kids are going to be like, whoa. What whoa. happened? And then you're going to be like, my dad threw a ball in my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then all the parents are going to step away from you. Whoa. You know what's funny though is like that's not that dissimilar from them embracing the failure we were just talking about, right? Like it is exactly. the idea of like, yeah, you're going to have a few setbacks, especially in a game like baseball. I mean, that's kind Ugh, of what baseball just is all about. All setbacks, if you're right? me. I mean, you fail. The best players fail two thirds of the time. Uh, and so. You know that is uh, a super important lesson, and I hope she I hope she isn't too scared to play baseball going forward. But I think Quinn is a good role model for her there, because he's scared of everything and still plays no, baseball? because he's playing baseball and loving it. Oh, despite all yes. that danger, um, I would say he's obsessed with it. Obsessed, and we like that. Yeah, like we can't we can't stop playing baseball. Right. Um, I can't stop rolling up random characters. 
It Speaking is of. One of the favorite things that I like to do in Dungeons & Dragons and assigning lots of fun things to it. So uh, before we get to our awesome interview with B. Dave Walters and Becca Scott on how great D&D Live 2021 is going to be, let's, uh, let's, me and Brandy Camel, check in and roll some random characters. Do it. Meow. Welcome to another random character generator. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Brandy Camel. Hi, Brandy. Hi, Greg. How are you? Very excited to roll up a random character in this segment using D&D Beyond's wonderful feature. Uh, we do this, and we get the, the output from the random character generator, and Brandy and I work together to develop a backstory uh, for this character that you can using your game or, or just to see the fun of creating a character, full fleshed out character from a bunch of numbers and choices on this character sheet. Uh, and so I think we're ready to start with this third level character. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Hitting the bouton. Aha. Idelisa Claw Willow is a variant human warlock. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Weird stats for a warlock. We got a high strength of 15, a 9 for dexterity, a 16 (laughs) con, negative 1 modifier on uh, intelligence and wisdom, both of the 9, and a Mm -hmm. charisma, which is their spellcasting stat, with a (laughs) 0. So this is very clearly not a uh, heavily spellcasting favoring warlock. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that makes sense, uh, because as I'm clicking through here, their description is uh, the background of an Azorius functionary. Okay. Uh, so this puts uh, Idalisa on the plane of Ravnica, uh, <laughs> which we detailed in uh, D&D's book, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Yeah. Um, and it's an entire city uh, with different factions um, that interact uh, in different ways. And uh, what do you know about the Azorius Senate in, uh, in Ravnica? So the Azorius are kind of, if I recall from the Magic the Gathering side, I think it's the blue-white faction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're sort of the military police of the city uh, where they enforce the laws and they tend to do the investigations into wrongdoing and criminal investigations and things like that. So the idea of this warlock (laughs) being within Azorius kind of raises some questions, doesn't it? It does. Uh, and of course, with a warlock, uh, choosing their otherworldly patron is always a important step. And Adelisa has the Great Old One as a patron. Ooh, okay. Yes. All right. The Great Old One is usually um, thought of as a, a, a fae creature, right? Uh, I think, is it is Great Old One fae or is Great Old One more like the uh, eldritch mythos, like Cthulhu-esque? Oh, okay. That makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yes, of yeah. course it is. Mm-hmm. In uh, the uh, yes, so, so this is okay. more the the kind of like creepy offsetting mythos. So this this could actually be. All right, I have an idea. Okay, <laughs> right. I, I want to hear it. So I'm already leaning into this this particular one that we've rolled up being really good as an NPC. 
Um, this could be a really cool way for some, you know, slightly corrupt or maybe even just somebody who wasn't corrupt as an individual on the Azorius Council to mm-hmm. have been like, I need to solve this uh, case or I need to solve this murder or whatever the whatever the the crime is that's been committed. And they're like, you, you know what could get me there is making this deal. Mm. And so, so they've made a deal with a cosmic horror perhaps but maybe it's not quite horror this great old one maybe this one's a little bit more uh, lawful well especially with the great old ones a lot of the time they they tend to play the long game they tend to play a lot of the subterfuge and and you'll often make a pact that you're not even aware that you're making mm. so um there's actually there's a really good uh great old one i've run a campaign with them before uh which is the um the man in yellow uh haster uh, Haster oh. is a great old one who is very um, tied into runes and contracts and things of that nature, which might fit really well uh, into the Azorius kind of law, law bringing, abiding yeah. aspect. That is really interesting. Um, this warlock also has a, a couple of interesting spells uh, as their cantrips. No Eldritch Blast, which is <laughs> in, in and of itself completely rare for mm-hmm. a warlock uh they've got friends which might make sense if they're an investigator uh as you're Mm -hmm. saying in ravnica they want to be able to get people on their side a little bit easier uh but magic stone is an interesting transmutation cantrip uh and that it's almost like a this reminds me of like a halfling type thing where you can kind of imbue a stone and then use that uh to throw it at someone uh for bludgeoning damage so i think what i kind of like about steering away from the eldritch blast in this particular case is that this is kind of a low charisma character for a warlock. So yeah. maybe they're relying a whole lot less on uh on that aspect of their their spell casting ability. Like this might be the kind of thing where you you home rule a little bit that when they chuck one of these magic stones with their hand, they're using the strength modifier instead of their charisma modifier. That might make more sense for the style of character. Yeah. Oh, and the interesting part about magic stone, which doesn't really help here in this case is that you can imbue those stones with your own spellcasting ability so that if you had a high charisma, for example, you could give them a stone and then they could potentially have like a plus six or plus seven to throw that stone. Mm-hmm. But you're basically, I don't think that, that Idalisa would do it in this situation uh, because it's not much of an advantage with a plus zero on there. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing it's really giving her in this case is that she always has a weapon on hand, right? Mm. I think we've we've also kind of established this as a female at this point. I think that's I think so too. Where both yeah. of our minds went, especially the name Idalisa, seems very feminine to me. Agreed. Um, and Claw Willow—that's an interesting name too. Claw Willow uh, is an interesting name. I don't know what what that might mean quite yet, but uh, as far as other spells that they've got, Armor of Agathis is a good uh, you know protective spell uh, for a mm-hmm. warlock. We've got Bane Invisibility. Misty Step, uh, an unseen, unseen servant. Servant. Okay. Um, for second level spells, nice, nice bit of uh, utility spells here. There's that's what I was about to say is that there's a lot of utility here, and there's a lot that honestly doesn't rely on their casting stat. It doesn't. You don't really need your charisma to put bane on things. I mean, I guess they they still get a save, right? But yeah, right. But that's the only one out of these spells that is that affected by that. Um, by yeah. charisma. Otherwise, invisibility, use it all day long. Misty Step, use it when when it needs to pop up. You know, Unseen Servant, um, I'm highly entertained by the idea that she makes the Unseen Servant do her paperwork. Yeah, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to be uh, 
you know, teleport yourself with a misty step while invisible, uh, it would be really, really handy for an investigator. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, that gets you both a a get get out of jail free card, but also the other way around. That's a really great way to infiltrate somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the skills here, uh, acrobatics is trained, although uh, Mm -hmm. she's not very good at it. Uh, Same (laughs) with insight uh, Mm -hmm. and intimidation. Um, (laughs) Actually, none of the trained skills are ones in which uh, she's got high stats. So Mm -hmm. it feels like she was uh, she went through the Azorius training. Uh, and mm-hmm. did everything that she needed to do in order to uh, become an Azorius functionary, um, but she doesn't really excel in any of those things. Yeah, yeah, that's it's kind of interesting to have this person who, um, you know, maybe maybe they were more the this was your your street cop character, right? Who is now leaning into the investigator side of themselves, and maybe that's what their their path is to follow. Maybe you know, as you level up and you gain more feats. Uh, you start investing in feats that bump things like your charisma so that you become better at those sorts of skills. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, There are some Eldritch invocations uh, Mm -hmm. that Adelisa has here uh, with the Repelling Blast, uh, as well as the Thief of Five Fates. That means you can cast Bane once using a Without, warlock spell slot. So okay. basically you can, you can depend on Bane a lot in order to help protect you mm-hmm. uh, if you're under being attacked. And then the this otherworldly the patient of the Great Old One provided the Pact of the Talisman. Mm. Uh, so Idalissa has an amulet or, 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 or some type of oh, object. It's her badge. <gasps> it's her badge. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. That could be really cool. That is cool. Um, so that means that if the wearer fails an ability check, they can use the magic imbued in that talisman, which would make a lot of sense uh, for mm-hmm. her. Maybe this is something where she... Oh, here's a little idea. I don't, let me know what you think about it. But what if they were... Go, uh, Adelisa was going through her training and she was not doing great. Like she was going uh, uh, as as best as she could do, but she wasn't making it happen. And she prayed to something to help her. She's like, all I want to do is I've been wanting to wear this badge for all of my life. Please just give me the power that I need to, to accomplish this next task in my training. Uh, and a great old one, perhaps unbeknownst to her, reached out <laughs> beyond the void and gave her that that badge and that talisman. And then she is able to sometimes call upon that in order to help her out during uh, skill checks. I dig it. I think that's awesome. It's a it's a really great story justification for how this character who who does have disparate stats for otherwise the character that they would have built, it kind of justifies putting them in that position and and why, you know, you know, why did you go down this route? Well, I really wanted it and I had to have a way to do it, so this was the way to do it. This was the way to do it. Uh awesome. Uh they've also got a uh Oh, that's interesting. That came from UA. <laughs> Gift of the Gem Dragon. Oh, interesting. interesting. It's already bumping their charisma. Her charisma. So, <laughs> uh, so that means that she had a, a 10 charisma at one point. Uh, so maybe when they get to level three, uh, you could bump that at one more for at least a plus one to that modifier. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do, do you think? What do you think about uh, a gem dragon perhaps being this old one? That's an interesting idea. I don't know that I've ever thought of gem dragons in that way, but that could be a really cool twist uh, that maybe there's maybe there is a gem dragon great old one that we've never heard of and and that's 
this this character's patron. Right. Well, we haven't heard about gem dragons very much in Dungeons and Dragons recently. Uh, so perhaps they do hail from another plane and might be contacted from Ravnica uh, and 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 bring the whole gem dragon idea into uh, that plane for whoever Dungeon Master is going to run with uh, Adelisa Clawwillow. Yeah. Which gem really dragon would it be if you had to choose? Oh, gosh. Um, I, you know, I don't know the gem dragons very well, but like I like the idea of like an onyx gem dragon. Ooh, yeah. That could very be cool. cool. Would that, so, so that means like the, the talisman or the thing that might have a, a, an aspect of onyx, or is that just what she imagines when she's uh, contacted by this entity? Probably... I, I mean, it could be a little bit of both. Maybe there's maybe there's a little sliver of onyx that's been embedded in or hidden in that that's you know makes makes the badge to to someone with a trained eye like something's not quite right about that. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, and one of the reasons why Adelis's uh, stats are as low as they are is because even though she's a human, I think she chose the variant human that was a feat at first level rather than. Yeah. Rather a, than uh, plus one to all of your stats, so that's where she she got this feat uh, from. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe she was, yeah she was contacted early on maybe through a dream or some other kind of uh, you know uh, contact in her in her youth, and then mm-hmm. it kind of focused when she made that prayer uh, during her training at uh, reaching adulthood. Yeah, I love I love this kind of story that we've woven about this uh, you know this kind of not not quite fully realized recruit that has found her way in through somewhat nefarious means, but maybe without even knowing it. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. Uh, so what, uh, what is her demeanor? What, is, what does Idalissa look like? What does she act like uh, based on everything that we've put together here? I mean, she seems like a pretty stacked character, right? Like this is someone who is strong, who is muscular, who is not to be messed with. Um, but... I don't, you know, the training in intimidation suggests that it could be partially that physicality and it could just be, you know, she's not great with words. So mm. <laughs> uh, I think she might be the bad cop and the good cop, bad cop relationship if she's got a partner. Right. <laughs> um, uh, particularly right. since there's this like this touch of the nefarious that's somewhere in the back of her mind from this, this pact and this binding to a mysterious gem dragon. For some reason, I'm thinking about um, Zootopia and bunny hops, <laughs> yeah. but like mashed up yeah. with the Id- Idris Elba character in this too. Mm-hmm. So like it's like it's a tough bunny hops who has uh, <laughs> been trying to get through based on her strength and uh, health rather than her uh, you know cur- uh, you know courage or gumption that is in the movie because mm-hmm. she does have a I lot of hit points. That. I mean, with the plus does. three on she's, the con, she's tanky. She is very tanky. Uh, which is, you know, you could really build a, a, a cool character like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so what does she sound like when she's talking? Oh, let's see. This is, uh, she's, she's a bit more, you know, down to the books. We're going we're gonna to book them. We're going to catch you. Uh, you, you know, freeze, wrongdoer, very, very kind of like, you know, oh God, what's the, the iconic tone that people get asked for in voice acting for this is the is the paladin mm. uh which in this case is kind of weird given that she's a warlock but that's that's usually what they give you as direction is is like the paladin or the soldier of fortune um i think it's 
That's not a, a voice I specialize in at all. But <laughs> <laughs> but I believed it when you just did it, so that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you even got the power suit on that could fit I here. Do, I have the power suit on today. But <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it. Uh, all right, well, I think we've we've figured out what Idalissa Claw Willow is like. The only thing that I think I'm missing is her name. Uh, where does Clan Claw Willow come from? Does that mean anything in this, or is it just a, a name? It could just be a name. It could it could suggest that she has some kind of like older ties to you know maybe maybe somebody on the Celestia side um, that's that's within the city. Uh, maybe she married into it. You know, maybe that's the name of her partner. Um, mm. You know, oh. that could be it. Could be an adopted name. It could be uh, a name by marriage. I could see either of those working out. You know, even if it's not in her her own personal background of where she came from, it could be something that she's found along the way. I like that. I like that it was something like it's like her her married name uh, mm-hmm. uh, now, so she's got no connection to it, and uh, well, you know, no familial connection to it in that way. Um, yeah. The language here we got sylvan uh which makes sense uh mm-hmm. for azorius but zemnian zemnian oh, i don't know what that means so, so zemnian to- Zem- is another uh exandria language so that comes ah. from uh let's see that is wild mount so, interesting yeah that's so in this context kind of- i'd say we just she's she married a uh foreigner uh someone mm-hmm. who's not at home uh in ravnica perhaps yeah, maybe maybe she maybe she married somebody from Alexandria. That could yeah. be interesting. Went through the portal, uh, the plane shift was cast, uh, unbeknownst to her, <laughs> perhaps by the Onyx Gem Dragon that is her uh, her uh, um, otherworldly patron. Could be awesome. All right, well, I think I'm going to sum up uh, Adelisa Claw Willow. Uh, she is a warlock who follows. Uh, and is a was a trainee of Azorius, uh, very passionate about um, uh, wreaking wreaking justice wherever she could. Uh, <laughs> but in the Azorius training, um, she failed at a lot of tasks and was not quite up to speed. Perhaps due uh, to her lower dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, uh, and she called upon her. Uh, badge. It was like kind of the symbol of the badge of Azorius was something that she was uh, devoted to and something heard her pleas and gave her the power uh, to overcome challenges when needed most so that she could pass her training. And now she is a, a Azorius functionary in the city of Ravnica uh, with her husband who hails from another land. Uh, so she's able to speak his language uh, and uh, his name is Claw Willow, which is why she's Idalissa Claw Willow. Um, but she is a burly tankish uh, fighter, uh, but who uses her warlock powers and spells to uh, evade capture or to get somewhere where she uh, may not be able to uh, that's under protection by criminal elements um, and doesn't have an Eldritch Blast but uses her magic stone uh, to perhaps always have uh, her weapon on her uh, even in places where it might have been confiscated uh, and so she's adept at getting into places and uh, doesn't really talk her way out of things um, she's usually a, a gruff uh, by the books, um, type of character, 
Uh, and so she really needs a partner, I think. Uh, and I think perhaps so. in another random character generator, we'll develop a partner for Idalissa Claw Willow, uh, and then they can go on adventures together. That sounds wonderful. I love it. I love it. I'm All right, one more time. Give me, give me, what, what does she say to her partner? What's her like uh, catchphrase? Oh, what's her catchphrase? Um, I don't know what we're going to do, Adelisa. We got to make the sandwiches. (laughs) 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 Then we'll make them with brute strength. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what a brute strength sandwich looks like. Is that like a panini because it's squished? I don't know. I've gone weird places. All right. As far as improv prompts go, that was not very good. So I apologize. <laughs> oh, it's my bad for not yes ending better. <laughs> yeah, well, it works. I, I think uh, it, it is a uh, really, really strong, fun character. Uh, and I hope folks uh, can take a look at it. Uh, we'll show the link to this character in D&D Beyond in the show notes. Uh, and uh, let us know what you think about Idolistic Claw Willow. Thanks, Brandy. It's always fun Thanks, to... Come up with these random characters from <laughs> suboptimal snats. But I, here's another one that at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I would ever play this. But now I'm like, dang, I, w- I want to play this. Yeah. Character. You know, and even if I didn't want to like play this directly, like I think she would make an amazing NPC to, to run as a dungeon master. Good call. Uh, how could folks uh, get in touch with you, Brandy, on the interwebs? If you want to find me, uh, the easiest place to find me for D&D stuff is probably in the D&D Discord. If you're not hanging out there, you should come join because it's awesome. Absolutely. That's discord.gg forward slash D&D. And, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Dainty, D-A-Y-N-T-E-E. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. And I uh, hope to roll another character with you soon. Yeah, for sure, Greg. Thanks. All right. Bye. Well, as always, it was fun to roll up some random characters, and I can't wait to see what happens at D&D Live. It almost feels like a D&D session, like there's just going to be some crazy things happening live in front of us, uh, not unlike this interview with B. Dave Walters and Becca Scott. Everyone, let's welcome Becca Scott and B. Dave Walters to Dragon Talk! Yay! Yay! Becca! <laughs> B. Dave! Yay! The studio. Can't for like the sixth time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I... my first time. Thank you for having me. Hey. Very well, excited. when when you appear in Dragon Talk for your fourth time, you get to bring a guest. Yeah, that's it. Becca's my plus one. <laughs> Becca's my, my plus one in life. Yes. I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. I am it's down. So, Becca, uh, since you're new, I want to start with you. How you have been a, uh, a streamer and a host and a general game player uh, over at Geek and Sundry, uh, but we're excited that you're going to be here hosting D and D Live 2021. I'm so stoked for this event. Uh, fun fact: It will be in the studio that Geek and Sundry used to occupy. Oh, <laughs> so it's like going home. But that's uh, gonna, yeah, a weird, a weird homecoming. Um, I'm, I'm just pumped because I've, of course, been playing on the Black Dice Society with B. Dave as Dungeon Master, and it's been such a blast. 
and I'm learning all new things. I, I've role played a bunch, but um, and am newer to D and D, uh, and I'm, I'm a huge Magic player and fan of both Paper and Arena, and so all my worlds are colliding. It's a very special time in my life right now. Right with Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, hot on the heels of D and D Live, we're going to be talking a lot about that, and maybe even cracking open some packs. Right? Oh, maybe. you have packs. I got him right here. I mean, it's great. Tito. That's where I start uh, making it rain. He doesn't just know people; he is people. <laughs> he makes them. He makes those packs right there in his basement. That's, that's what all they have me doing. Seals all the foil himself. <laughs> oh, I've Funnily enough, it's done with that. aluminum foil. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. It's not like it's not like whittling shoes. You're pressing packs of AFR down there. It's like exactly. You go to sleep, and they're, they're just ready. Yep. It's weird. Yep, Wild. him and his kids working mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. I also can make buttons for any of you guys if you want them. <laughs> yeah, child labor uh, laws don't apply when it's a fantasy realm. Right. When they're your children. That's, that's <laughs> My mom is one of <laughs> 16 a- kids. That's why. They were farmhands, literally. Yeah, that's like, right. We need Called a labor force. Yeah, we need a labor force. Let's start producing. Yep. <laughs> yep. I need game players, so that's why I'm, I procreated, so that I could have people to play games with. It's true. It's true. Oh, the possibilities. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's not a bad one. Uh, so yeah, how, how is Black Dice Society going? We just talked to Dave a couple of months ago, uh, but from the player's standpoint, uh, how is the last uh, few sessions? Is anything scary happening? Yes! Uh, we fought a vampire named Jander. Jander Sunspear. Uh, sorry, too much information. Should I keep it spoiler-free? We fought someone. Spoiler, uh, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and the commander deck I was just building is Vampires um, Unrelated. But Black Dice is incredible. Our cast is incredible. B-Dave always brings it with the storytelling prowess every time. Uh, and <laughs> I learned so much about being a game master in general from watching him do his thing. Um, and, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it. I always hate questions like that because I'm like right here. You know, what if she's like, it's garbage. She's like, (laughs) it's just like thirsty. Luckily, that's impossible. Right. (laughs) You just watch me like full Ralph Wiggum soul crush right here live on Dragon Talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's also what happens on your fourth appearance. It's a roast. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. This is your Welcome. Yeah, that maniacal laugh is very triggering, though, uh, when you (laughs) lean back and just open your maw to the world and and spread your evil laughter. Because a lot of times it's directed at me when I don't know the resistances of the creature I'm trying to fight. (laughs) 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 And we're level three. Level four now. Level four. You're level level four. Grow it up fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that is my evil laugh. That that comes from down in here. That's from down in the subhockles. Yeah, where that comes from. <laughs> subhockles. <laughs> the, there's the hockles and the subhockles. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's also where he carries his love, right? That's where that is love. true. In my hard box, it's also it's located somewhere around in there. I don't know. It gets a lot less use than than the evil laugh. <laughs> that's, that's where the phylactery is as well. For every good dungeon master, you got to have the evil laugh. <laughs> but as a dungeon master, you have to be evil because if you don't bring a, a, a challenge to your players, then they're not going to have any fun at, at trying to defeat the thing. They will curse your name and yell at you. Stop it. You put that away. This is, my, this away. is my, my most evil DM award. Like I'm literally an award winning for inflicting emotional trauma. TTRPG, uh, TTRPG gifts award. Yes, there you go. 
That was such a cool idea, having like a gifts <laughs> award ceremony. I agree. And the tux was a nice touch in the ceremony, by the way. It was it was a very nice touch. Yeah, we 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 got we got we got to place respectably. I won that, and then um, uh, our our um, Idol Champions Presents campaign won two awards for both the silliest scene and the most feels. And ironically enough, from the same episode, which I was like, okay, guess we just wow, we 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 hit both marks there. Yes, yeah, so those good times. Shout out to TTRPG gifts. That's good Do stuff. You, so were you competing against, like, did you know nominations yeah. beforehand? So yeah. who who else was in the evil Dungeon Master category? I, I don't remember, Shelly. Nobody remembers Damn the it. silver medalist. Ah! <laughs> I said what I said, y'all. I had a few people that were like, I'm coming for the title. I'm like, I'm easy to locate. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the evil I'll, laugh comes from. I'll, I'll, yep, send, you, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link to the thread. Whatever. I'll go. I'll Google it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All beautiful um, people. Wonderful people. So, so you, uh, Dave, wanted the the cast for Black Dice Society. You handpicked these beautiful, wonderful people. So I assume that you and Becca have previously met before, uh, or you're just a fan of her work, like the rest first, of us. Uh, I am a Becca Scott stan from the old school, you know. Uh, I, I cannot I cannot speak highly enough about this person. Uh, but uh, before I, I fall into that obvious conversational trap, you've got to fall into mine where I shout out Greg Tito. None of this would be happening if not for Greg Tito. My <laughs> career would not exist as it does if not for this man. He is he has helped so very many of us behind the scenes. He puts his money where his mouth is and actually uses his ability to enact meaningful change versus just talk about it. Shout out to Greg Tito. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Every time I get embarrassed, you do that. That's, that's why I do it. But you notice I didn't lead with it this time. I had to like set it up and set it up. Yeah. Like, oh, we're it's an about ambush the praise. Like, oh, boom. Ah, there gotcha. you go. I love you, man. Yeah, gotcha. Oh. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I was very fortunate, you know, after, after we did uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dark and Wish, um, I got the, we were going back and forth about what's the next thing going to be, you know, kind of had some ideas out there. And uh, I got the call. Oh, or Pelham was like, hey, do you want to do Ravenloft? Uh, because word is, you know a thing or two about vampire stories. And I right. was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I knew right then, the day they offered it to me, I knew the six people I wanted. I was blessed to get all six of them. I think this was before we were live. I mentioned that the one time out of the 168 hours of a week that all seven of us are available is Thursday from four to seven. That is the only window in which our availability overlaps. So I was very fortunate that I got all the people I wanted um, for my, my first choice time slot, first choice of cast. It all just uh, aligned and was really wonderful. And yeah, Beck and I go back to Geek and Sundry, but Way back in 2018, when we were still doing Theogony of Kairos, I got mm. Becca on our live show at Gen Con because I was like, I want to show the world what 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 you can do as an RPG performer because I knew you were doing so many actual plays and not getting a lot of times to play D&D and show off. And that campaign was astonishing. Her performance was astonishing. And I just knew in the back of my mind, we got to get this going again. So when when I had to cast this, what I knew... Watsy was going to really put some resources behind and really had a shot at being something uh, that, that I had to have my homie with me. And it has been the, the right choice, consistently proven, because she is the best. Oh. I love you wow. and trust you. I would have moved mountains to make that time work for you. 
Uh, and <laughs> that game was extra special. I put on my serious face just for you, which does not come out often. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help but be comic relief. I'm so sorry, B. Dave. You know, okay, so now that we're among friends here on Dragon Talk, when we were coming up with the characters, I was talking to Becca. I'm like, Becca, this is a serious game. Becca, this is not a dead jokes game. Becca, <laughs> and, and, and to her credit, she very much was like, yeah, but I can't do that for three hours. I, I, I can't, I can't. And so we, we worked to make sure we had a character concept that would work. However, I won't tell you what I thought Tatiana was going to be, but day one, minute one, episode one, the Tatiana that arrived is not the Tatiana that I was anticipating. And I was like, great, we live here now. This is, uh, but it's been fantastic. We've been fantastic. Thank you um, for trusting me to um, bring chaos, I guess. <laughs> It's, it's, it is a mood. And to tell you the truth, I will tell you this. In, in my thoughts of the casting of the show, it wasn't just who are six people I love. Because I do, and they're all wonderful performers. But, you know, I, quite frankly, I'm lucky. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of wonderful performers. I really did look at it as what are the notes I'm trying to hit and what these people will bring mm. to the table. Yeah, and, and, you know, and making sure I had those ingredients. I mean, they're all pros. Everybody's got range, of course. But I mean, like, the, you know, what's the... What's the default thing I can expect that person to do and that person to do and that person to do? And that was how I built the cast. And so having the person who could bring some levity to it was actually what I was hoping for with you, Becca, because I think people don't understand with, with, with horror storytelling, with storytelling in general, actually, human beings cannot maintain any emotional state for two or three hours. We can't do it. You can't laugh nonstop. You can't cry nonstop. You can't be terrified nonstop. Your, your nervous system physically won't let you. So you have to wave it. You know, even in the scariest of stories, there's got to be a light moment. Even in the funniest of stories, there's got to be a down moment. So I needed to make sure we would always be able to hit those notes. So, you know, that's I mean, genius, I, man. I, and I, I, I think things working out, you know, a lot of people don't think about even assembling their home games that way, right? Like they're just mm -hmm. like, oh, these are the five people that I know. Mm -hmm. they'll be great playing D&D &D together. And, you know, that's not always true. I mean, you can take five great tastes, yep. you know, your arugula, your cabbage, your <laughs> zucchini, and your pepper, and your lemon. They're and, all great and, in you know, the right way. You're using vegetables? <laughs> I know. I'm a, I, this right. is for Shelly. This is a shout-out for Shelly. <laughs> shout-out to Shelly. I know. I was like, that actually sounds delicious. It it's may true. be good. <laughs> yeah. But you don't know, right? right? Until you combine them and, and, and get them going together. And uh, it could be gross. Maybe that lemon just doesn't fit the right way you want it to. Um, and so I think there's really something smart about assembling your D&D your &D party. Not just for... Um, you know, the different classes and characters that people are going to play because you always want that kind of synergy, but just also mm -hmm. personality mesh and making sure you hit all those right notes. Um, that's, that's a really astute. You know what's funny? I put zero pressure into the character creation. The right. one thing I said is like, you guys should probably bring a cleric. That'll be handy. But besides that, I was like, do literally whatever you want and we'll go where we go. And Mark Mir jumped on the cleric thing. Mm. Uh, I, I, I will say... Um, I, I hit everybody's shotgun offense at once. I, I texted everybody about the show right when I found out. But I will say, 
Mark Mir was the number one draft pick because he loves Ravenloft. I mean, mm. not only is he a skilled performer in his own right, I mean, like Ravenloft is his jam. Like the way we talk about Star Trek, Mark knows Ravenloft. So again, the 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 logic behind it, I was like, we I need his, him to be playing and I need his character to be a local because he's the voice of the lore and how we get this stuff into the game mm-hmm. without having every villager they meet being like, can I tell you how Barovia is a cursed land? <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's like, I can do that for you. I can take that, 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 that job off of the dungeon master's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Turn Mark's ears even more red and shower him with compliments. I almost mentioned him a minute ago, just talking about the cast of black dice because Mark is, I, I love all these people and everything they bring. And Mark is just above and beyond, not only does he understand the world and the lore so complexly and weave it into his narrative storytelling as a player, but he switches between Aslan Rex and this like thrall of Aslan Rex, basically a cleric that uh, this transition, when it happens, all of us freak out afterwards and are like, Mark, you did the thing again. Yep. Um, You were channeling. It's so (laughs) incredible because you see, you see it when the King arrives, you're like, Oh, Aslan's here now. Like, I mean, you can just tell like his physicality changes and you're like, Oh, we're talking to Aslan now. Oh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Someone clip that and send it to Mark Mayer, please. Uh, The other thing I want to say is I bet in home groups, people pay attention to those dynamics more than they think because you're not worrying about filling out the party or making sure that, you know, someone uh, uh, that that like performance wise dynamics will fit. But you are like, oh, no, this person doesn't like that person. I don't want them in the same room every week. (laughs) So there is that like making sure the cohesive group fits and then that translates into your role playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I love that that's what's been happening with uh, everybody who's been producing D&D Live uh, from G4, bringing all these uh, folks together, uh, such as uh, you two, as long as well as Mika Burton, uh, to, to host. That just seems like, you know, a, a dream team right there. A was, well-rounded that was, party. That was seamless, Greg Tito, seamless. <laughs> you like that? He's yeah. the king of segues. Well played, well played. We love We love Mika. Uh, we got to shoot some ads for this, um, the, the crossover magic set. And, uh, I just like an example of how much we love each other is at lunch. We all crammed into B Dave's little trailer, even though we all had trailers. That is true. <laughs> so, just so we could eat lunch together and talk about um, the Mission Impossible franchise. But um, <laughs> also true. Yeah, uh, but the three of us getting to do kind of like the the skeleton. We do all the interstitials around D and D Live with these incredible tables, many of which B Dave is in, and I'm so excited to kind of get to be that glue that holds it together. Yeah, you really are that glue because I mean, there's certainly a lot of uh, Magic the Gathering talk that will be happening at D&D Live because of Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. So in, in other ways, you're, you're the glue of those two fandoms as well. Hey, I just love two things and uh, they <laughs> happen to be <laughs> combining. In it's the that most chocolate wonderful. and peanut butter like you guys are yep. saying in uh, the first one of those ads mm, that were put out those there. Those yummy snacks. She made that so up good. though. Like that was completely a Becca Scott innovation, chocolate and peanut butter. Nobody thought of it. I did. Yeah. Never chocolate and pretzels. Ever since. Yeah. yeah. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. D&D and magic aren't, it's not just Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which is amazing, but D&D and magic coming together again this fall with Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we're just, I mean, if you love, if you're Becca Scott, like this is your year. We are just mixing up so much chocolate and peanut butter. I mean, the hardest things to decide are, am I going to be Prismari, Witherbloom, Silver Quill, Quandrix, or Lorehold? I'll tell you one thing, not Lorehold. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the record, if you're Becca Scott, every year's your year. <laughs> just, just keeps getting better. This is this is a great thing. I mean, all the way back from you know from Ravenica uh, over to this. You, you know, I played Magic like back in the old days. You know, back back in my day. You know, I, I used to I used to play Magic for money in college. Like to date myself, uh, Black Lotus for five hundred bucks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. But, but during my time, so uh, well, you, like you know, beat the king. You were like, what, come and come at me. <laughs> Well, you, you know, it's, but it's, it's all of my friends that that we played did one of two things. They either became they went on the pro circuit and became pro magic players oh. or became pro poker players. Like oh. a, a, a lot of degenerate gamblers came out of my college circle. Because <laughs> once you make the leap to I'm going to play cards for cash, you're like, well, then I can play lots of cards for lots of cash. Yeah. But it's I'd actually been out of it for a while. And it's good to come back now that even when we were shooting those spots, I'm looking at the cards and I'm like, cool. I remember the Mana Simbas. I remember Tap Graveyard. And, and there, it really was. I knew a little about magic, a ton about D&D. Josh really did know a little bit about D&D, a ton about magic. You know, I mean, like the, the relationships is portrayed in the commercials are not so off <laughs> from actual reality, to tell you the truth. But, I was uh, impressed that, that they wrote the scripts to be so accurate to uh, our knowledge and our personalities. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's wonderful stuff. And so it, it's definitely been great to get to get back into the game. Really looking forward to playing a lot of uh, a lot of AFR. And just uh, just seeing where it goes, but you're you're right, Shelley. It's a great time to have those worlds collide, and it just makes sense, really. You know, like you you've they've spent years building up this wonderful playground that everybody exists in incrementally. But it's like, well, why not bring that to three dimensions? You know, why not mm. really go and inhabit that world? And it's the same thing to take the aspects of the forgotten realms and bring that over to this other way of interacting with the content. So it's a good time to be a geek. Is what I'm saying. Nice. Yeah, really and there's is. so many amazing people uh, playing games uh, during D&D Live. As you said, Dave, you get to play uh, in the uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, or Faster, faster Purple worm. worm Kill Kill. Yeah, <laughs> Be Legrand, I'm, I'm playing in that game. Uh, I'm running a game with Pat Nas- Oswald and the cast of AP Bio. So yeah, I'll be I'll be all all up in there. Uh, That's honestly. Great. Is it WWE table that Abrea Yankar is running? There's also uh, Kate Welch Mm -hmm. is running the table with just a bunch of amazing comedians. And Mm -hmm. I get to be in the studio watching the playback of these games that I would just be watching at home um, and spend all day doing it. It's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so great. I know. You mentioned the the year of Becca, but it is the summer of Abrea. That's true. Dropping on all kinds of uh, tabletop stuff, right? She's in yep. the uh, Legends of Exandria, as well as um, uh, what's happening on Dimension Twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that? Uh, I'm blanking on the name of that. It's got Misfits in the title. Um, Magic and Misfits. Magic, Magic, Magic and Misfits, think, yeah. which is mm-hmm. yes. looks awesome. And then as those things were going, and that hashtag was going, I'm like, "There's more. There's more. She's going to be doing. I'm so excited <laughs> that she's going to be playing for WWE Superstars. Uh, it's going to be a great game." 
Yeah, yeah. I love Abria so much. I asked her at the beginning of quarantine to play some games over <laughs> over video with me. And so we were doing that. Um, and then I recently got to do a project with her that I can't say anything about, but except to say <laughs> that like the text thread of the people on this project, it's just clapbacks and a tapbacks for Summer of Abria all day long. <laughs> Yep. That's awesome. I thing. think she was actually uh, tapped for our uh, Twilight Imperium game at one point too, uh, but she was so busy she couldn't play. You know, you know like my feelings us. are hurt. That like I was never tapped for this Twilight Imperium game, and in my mind, I'm just saying it's because you guys knew I would crush you all utterly. That's in my head. That's 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 where I'm going with this. Yep. I, well, now we need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Although I will tell you something, uh, Becca Scott, Good Time Society, follow Good Time Society on YouTube, is a board game assassin. Uh, she is merciless. Do not let this jovial exterior fool you. She is coming to steal souls when you play games with this woman. Uh, I, I did steal B. Dave's soul recently, and um, that's going up soon. But I, I won't say what game we were playing. It was a horror game and that I was running. Um, he may or may not have lived. Oh. Well, I know. It happened we're talking, yeah. we're talking to a ghost. Mm-hmm. I get it. Could be yeah. anybody. Yeah, because yep. vampires soulless. are not real. Definitely soulless. Yes, exactly. So ghosts, yes. <laughs> we'll go ghosts. Last yeah. week we did that, and that was my first time running a game for you, so it was extra special. That was. That was the first time on the other side of the table. Yeah, we played board games and things together, but the first time with you as storyteller. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks wonderful. for shouting out Good Time Society. Uh, that is my YouTube channel, as well as you can find them on all the social media, but it's, it's just where I put videos that... Um, I, I'm the producer of. <laughs> so when uh, uh, COVID happened, I was like, "Well, I still want to make videos about games all the time, though. So I guess I'll just <laughs> I'll just do that over here." <laughs> yep. Are you watching you Star Trek as well? I am doing a Star Trek: The Next Generation rewatch podcast uh, with Xander Genre and um, my business partner Jake Michaels. And Xander is also uh, at a table with you and Seth Green and all these other wonderful people as part of D and D Live. The Purple Worm. I will just Purple say, Greg, Greg Tito also has a D and D watch through podcast that I may or, or may not, and by may or may not, I mean definitely appearing on. So. Hang on. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, Becca, I think uh, you and Xander were in some ways an inspiration because I was like, man, I want to go back and watch all these old episodes, which I was doing already. And I'm like, hey, let's talk about it because there is so much there. Okay, uh, well, we need some crossover. Uh, that's mm-hmm. right. There it is. There yeah. it is. That's there right. Mm-hmm. Dipping uh, into the crossovers. B. Dave, mm-hmm. have you ever DM'd anyone that you've actually been nervous to DM no. for? It's just like um, this is this is your place. This is your most confidence. But you're just like you're in my you're in my territory now. Yeah, you know. Here's the thing. Just in general, I don't get starstruck. People are just people. So even, I, not, but it could be like nerd, like not even just starstruck. Just nah. not even like Mm-mm. no. Wow. I nope. could kill you for saying this in my presence. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, never not been anxious about anything. It was, I will say, with the thing that we were just doing, it was adorable how nervous you were. And it's like, you know all of us. Why do you, it's like, it's fine. We all love you. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it, I will tell you this, you know, this this thing uh, coming up for D&D Live is going to be on Peacock and on G4. Um, you know, potentially is the biggest audience I've ever been in front of, potentially, because we don't know till we get there. Um, you know, but but, you know, hopes are high. Hopes are high. Uh, it, it's just a day in the office, man. I'll show up and do what I do. You know, have a good time. That, 
That is an important key phrase because let me tell you, I ran a game yesterday and it was the best game I've ever run. And I can tell you the difference in between the two Tuesdays in which I ran it. It, I came to this realization that work is work and uh, it's a job and I don't have to put my whole self into it. It's not a Mm. reflection on me if I didn't do a good job. This is my office, you know, (laughs) the internet. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> as it is for all of us in a way. Um, and so you, people coming in here and, and judging my me at my desk. No, 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 no. I'm just working here. And it doesn't matter if I have a bad day. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind, kind of separation of it in my mind was very helpful to me. Yeah, That's hard to do for everybody though, I will say, because there is a performance anxiety that I get every time I dungeon master. It doesn't even matter if I'm comfortable or know the people or, you know, it's the 75th session of a three-year campaign. There's always like a little bit of, of that for me. Um, and it's, I, what, my, what I've learned from it, just being like, just know that. Know that you're going to be nervous and that sure. it's, it's like that every time. And uh, dealing with it, it was the same when I went on stage as a stand-up comedian too. It was like, God, it's so nerve-wracking. But if you just live in that nerve-wracking, it's okay. And I've seen, I've talked to a lot of stand-up where some of them are like, Dave, are like, I don't give a fuck. I'm, you know, I'm drinking all day. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'll just get up on stage and kill it every single time. And I've also talked to people who are, you know, way more successful at it than I ever was, who are like, every single time I, I do yeah. that exact same thing. And I'm, uh, you know, don't talk to me in the three hours leading up to my performance or I will bite your head off because I'm so angry at, at just life at that moment, right? And so it runs the gamut. And so just knowing that about yourself, I think is probably the biggest piece of advice people can have if they're going to be doing this stuff. Well, and those nerves, are, it's because you care, you know? It's like right. you, you, it's because you care. You know, you, you want to put on a good show. You want your players to have a good time. You know, you want the audience to have a good time. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Just, uh, yeah, just trust the process. Like, you, you wouldn't be in the seat if you didn't deserve to be in the seat. So show up and tell the story that only you can tell. And, and like, I always tell people, don't bother trying to compare yourself to Mercer or Brennan or Bria or me or anybody else because you're like, oh, I can't do what Mercer does. Well, you can't. You really can't. Right. You really can't <laughs> do what I do. You really can't. But we can't do what you do. We can't tell your stories. Only you can tell your story. So, you know, show up and shine. Take people on an adventure because only you can. Yeah. Sometimes I just call B. Dave so he tells me nice things like that. <laughs> It's the motivational speaker. Me too. It's, it's, you know, but I love all of you. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, Shelly, you feeling inspired to jump in? Yes, no. do it. Wait, I'll no. play for with you. Master, do it. You oh. do it. No, God, no. I <laughs> no. I know everybody's like, oh, you, but I, I know you, and we're friends, and and it'll be great. I'm like, I don't think I could. I don't think I want my friends to be there. I just want a bunch of strangers. strangers. I can't just some strangers. Just some strangers, and like we'll never see each other again. They will never speak of this again. You want like an an RPG swingers club, is what you want. You know, it's like it's intimate, (laughs) but it's dark club. You know, it's anonymous. We're all gonna wear masks. I was gonna make another sexual metaphor. I was gonna say this is like being a you know the forty year old virgin or whatever, uh, where it's like, well, now I've waited so long and built it up, and I'm around it so much, and now it has to be important and special. But it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Unless yeah. you wanted two 40-year-old virgins out there. I'm just saying the 40s is the movie. I got to go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let me, here, here's, the, here's the only thing you got to remember about DM and man. It is not about the rules. It's not about any of that. A DM's job is to elicit an emotional reaction. If your players are laughing, if they're nodding, if they're smiling, if they're terrified, if they're crying, whatever. If you're getting a feeling out of them, you're succeeding. That's it. Yeah. What if the emotion is pity? What if they're like, oh, oh bless her heart. That's an emotion. That's an emotion. <laughs> like, I, I don't want that one. I, 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 I guess I'll interact with the man in black in the tavern. Okay. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. No, sorry. you stop it, Shelly. You stop it. I believe in Saying, you. I don't think that, I don't think it's the role for everyone. It's that's true. I'd, that is also true. It's true. Um, yeah. I love playing. I just mm. like to be a character and I just like to, to help tell that story but I don't want I want someone to tell me to make a perception check I don't want to sit there and go oh god I don't know if you can do this thing because I don't know what you need to roll to see if you can do this thing <laughs> Sam DeLev is like that mm. uh, we, we've dragged them into the storyteller seat once or twice but they're like D- storytelling DMing is not my jam and I'm like that's okay that is okay you know they're, they're, yeah. there's, there's no wrong way to interact with this fandom well, there's lots of wrong ways. There's lots of gross ways. Yeah. But I mean, there's whether or not you want to play or storytell. There's no wrong way to, to interact with it. Yeah. Now, having said that, I don't know if I believe it. Wait, what? yeah, when did you start? Well, um, we did a show at Geek and Sundry called TBD RPG where we rotated roles. And that was my first. But we didn't play any of the big name RPG games. We would play like little one shots and, and just like one sheet where all the rules are on a single sheet of paper. So it was a very easy way to try it for the first time and, and be supported because we were all trying it for the first time for the most part, except for Amy Dallin. Um And so that was extra special. But just over COVID, I started running stuff uh, on my own channel and um, like really diving into to owning that that role of being in behind the screen chair. And it's still scary. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. And I was like, well, I got to start sometime. (laughs) So let's just do it. I feel like like how you're describing it, Becca, is like, you know, you were playing and then like you got the itch to take that role and then you dive in. I hear that all the time from and like, I don't feel like I've ever gotten the itch, which is just like it just might not be in me. But I mean, I love stories. I love telling stories. I can be hanging out with friends and I will be like, I'm going I will tell you a story. I love writing. I love making things up i love telling my son stories i just don't i think there's just like a, either a mental block here that it's like too much pressure because i don't want people to not have a good time i don't know i mean i, I could analyze this part of myself forever my solution, no idea my solution to this is you should just do it but um let, let me ask you do, do you like do you like improv so i love uh no I'm going to be honest. I um, I love comedy. I love humor. I, I'm a humor writer. I like, I will write anything and get up on a stage and have no fear at all about being in front of an audience and read you my words. Yeah. But that's because they, I have already thought about those words and I've already edited those words and I've already, but the improv part scares the crap out of me. It's Although t- I, yeah, I mean, I can be at a party with you and we can have a good little banter, but um, yeah, the, it's scary. And I was a theater major. And I was... Um, 
Zone of safety, though. That is okay. If it's not your jam, that is okay. Because you know what you're doing? You're doing this. You're doing this thing right now. That's that's a Shelly thing that only Shelly can do, this thing you're doing. Right. You are, you're so good. <laughs> when you do this, is that like your way of hypnotizing us? Yeah. yeah. It's it's not, it's not, I not am the only Shelly. It's true. The I only Shelly. <laughs> there can be only one. All Shelly's um, must be destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> All the other Shelleys must be destroyed. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, well, I know Greg knows this, but there was a time at Wizards when there were three Shelleys and all of our last names began with an M. And <sighs> I am the only Shelly M left. You have absorbed all of their essence. Exactly. All their powers <laughs> are yours, now. They're yours yes. now. And I got several of their emails and one of them was a lawyer and it was like, Oh, the girl was supposed to see Uh-oh. that. <laughs> uh, there was also many Gregs at, uh, at Wizards who I also killed and took their essence, including the president of Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only you remain. Yes. Yes, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, how many uh, others Beccas have you killed Becca and absorbed? It's a <laughs> joke. I do have a problem with other Beccas. I'm so sorry to any Beccas watching this, but like, we can't be friends. I don't know a single Becca. And if I did, I'd be like, hi, nice to meet you. Get her away from me. <laughs> you're like, hello, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca's fine. Yeah, oh, right. I'll tell you one story. Uh, Becky. But mm-hmm. this person, oh, I'm not a Becky. Yeah, the, but the Beckys are fine. I mm-hmm. was on an improv yeah. team with a Becky and we were chill because she's does not she, a Becca. It's does different. she have good hair? Becky with the good hair? Yeah. Red, <laughs> red and curly. Right. Big. Mm-hmm. No, that counts. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So here's the thing in L.A. If you're an actor, when you get into the Screen Actors Guild, you have to register a name. And if that name is already taken, you can't have that name. And when I joined SAG, uh, someone had taken Rebecca Scott. Um, and I was like, that's cool. I'm Becca Scott. And they're like, oh, no, they took that. Yeah, you can't <gasps> do that. Um, I did like petition and finally I'm, I'm with SAG as my, as Becca Scott, but um, it, it was a whole thing. And then in an acting class, I met a Rebecca Blank. I won't say her real last name, but it was not Scott. And she was like, oh, that's so funny. That's my SAG name. And I staggers <gasps> into this woman's soul. And I said, you have ruined my life. And I went and I sat down and I did not smile or laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It wasn't even her name, and she just no. took it? She was like, oh, it's my aunt's maiden name, and I liked it better. What? <laughs> that is not fair. Yeah, it so uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're be- not mad. Yeah, you became Becca Prime, though. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> I, She is destroyed now, though, so yeah, we're good. <laughs> you are a nice. Uh, yeah, but that's true. I mean, that's why there's Matthews, Matthew Mercers, and uh, Matthew Lillard that we all know. But uh, that's you know that's why. And th- is that why you're B Dave as well? Oh yeah, that was it. Was just easy SEO. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. from my town, there was four David Walters, uh, including me and my dad. And so there, there's only one B Dave Walters. That is the sole rationale for it. My, I've never my, asked you. <laughs> yeah, my name. My name is David Wayne Walters Jr. Yeah. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. no B involved. But at the all. B isn't anything? Mm-mm. Well, it <laughs> original, it's Rebecca. Original, it's Rebecca. I'm back <laughs> <laughs> the B is Rebecca. It is now. <laughs> yeah, it is now. Yeah. It, it, it was it was it was early, early uh, uh you know, marketing strategy to be able to align our brands, Becca. Uh no, mm-hmm. originally originally it stood for brother, because I did mostly like motivational content. Uh, but it could be anything. I've been t- I've been told it's people have said big, black, brilliant, baller, buff. Uh, any of these things, I'm like, I'll take any of them, whatever. 
Bodacious. Bodacious. I always thought that it was just like, you should be like Dave. I want to be Dave. That's how I hear it in my head. I want to be Dave. That's what I, I want when I, I want those up. bumper stickers now. It's true. There it is. We got to get a print. Like, Greg, can, can you print those buttons for me, buddy? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'll get the He's I'll get my order. girls working on it. Get the girls. <laughs> girls, put down those friendship bracelets. We got an order coming in. <laughs> we need 10,000 units of B Dave. Ready to go. Exactly. Thank you. Sign yeah. me up. Sign yeah. me up. Made with love in Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, but it, it it legit was was just marketing. And the the closest is there's a there's a David B. Walters. There's a BMW dealer like somewhere in like Indiana or something. And there's like a swimmer that is David B. Walters. They're the only ones even close. And like over the years now, like the first four pages of results in Google are all me now. So that's why that is that is literally why. Yeah, yeah. The goal of any performer is to flood the Google search so no one else can get in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, one more name story, super quick. Um, when I got married, I thought about going by Becca Scott Kearns. And then I ditched that because three names is too many for people to remember sometimes. I don't know. Um, I felt like it was confusing for people. But my poor brother-in-law, Scott Kearns, was an actor in New York, but is since kind of retired from acting. But I did absolutely obliterate his search results. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so you retired him is what you're telling oh, me. You had a yeah. town match with him, like hell in the cell. You absorbed him. Yeah, yeah. The but name then is now he's now. B. Scott Kearns. That's a- changed everything. He's <laughs> got his. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, naming characters is an important thing. I mean, th- we're mm-hmm. talking about it here in the professional life, but that is a very like branding thing you have to do when you're, when you're oh, doing yes. your D&D character. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part, I think, for me. Like, I, I like, you know, Shelly and all of you, I like doing storytelling and writing things, but like coming up with a good fantasy name that doesn't feel cheesy, mm-hmm. but is memorable uh, but and is meaningful, that's really difficult. So how, I mean, let me throw this to, to you, Becca. How, how have you had doing that? How, have you been able to come up with good names and how do you do it? So my naming convention is to take two disparate names, like... Uh, Jordan and Brittany and name it Jeritney. Um, <laughs> I'm not good at naming things. I make up terrible random names that I think are very fun. Uh, and um, uh, I'm trying not to do that because people are like, Becca, that's not a name and you can't anymore. You just can't. Um, but I do now have a resource, which is just texting B. Dave, who... <laughs> insist there must be meaning in every name, which is the exact opposite of my naming convention. My name is like, it must be distinct and a unique flower that no one's ever heard before or since. <laughs> well, that is true. My all, all of my character names. Elf Sorcerer is very excited. But go ahead, Dave. Dr- well, how do you do true. it? You can have all of my character <laughs> names really do, really do mean something. Uh, like, like every one of them. There's a, there's a, a, a significance behind the names. And uh, a lot of times I'll use unique uh, words from other languages Mm. So it may be obvious to other people, but the, the my trick is uh, something called word stuck. If you go on Google, go on Google image search and just type a term like fire or beauty or anger. And then in parentheses, put word stuck, S-T-U-C-K. And word stuck was just a series of, of just interesting words from all over the world that people just kind of collect, like just beautiful sentiments, like the like the concept of deja vu, you know, it doesn't translate. So there's things like that from all over the place. And then I take those things and those are my how I get my names. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's that. a lot better than just looking at random elvish words in Tolkien and picking one of them. That you know, that's valid though. Zone of about. safety. Zone of safety. Still valid. <laughs> yep. Still valid. Silmarillion's got a lot of great names in there that nobody knows. So. It's a lot, a lot of words in the Silmarillion. A lot of words in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I tried your secret and I got one. Abindrat, the color Ooh. of the sky while the sun is setting. Abindrat is uh, the name of one of the gods in Theogony of Kairos. <laughs> For that reason. For that exact reason. For that exact reason. That's where I got the word from. Yeah. All the gods from Theogony of Kairos are all words from Wordstuck. Yeah. That are just the different concept that I was like, they're the god of this or the god of that. And then I went through and did it. Yep. Whoa. I'm doing it now. There you go. <laughs> See, look at that. You're all welcome. You're all welcome. My new this character. Is Thank you. Resfaber. Uh, there, there is a uh, uh, Honestly, Becca, if you go scrolling through that list, you will see a number of characters that we have played on games together. Uh, but, um, uh, I will say there was a Tumblr for it. The Tumblr was like neat, but it's very hard to search. That's why I say go to the Google image search. But it's, it, is, it is a delightful well of inspiration. Have at it. Okay, nice. this is amazing. And I now need to create a character whose name is Blunda. How great is the name Blunda? Like a, this would be an orc, though. That sounds like a name I would make up. It's true. <laughs> Belinda and a blender. You're taking Blossom and Glenda and putting exactly. them together. Blunda. <laughs> Blunda Tartle. That's actually how uh, Shelly came up with Drunky Two Shoes. <laughs> Drunky Two Shoes is a barbecue joint in uh, sort of the neighborhood Greg and I live in. And I thought, that is a fantastic name for a tabaxi. Guess I got to go create a tabaxi. <laughs> that, is, that is a great name. Excellent. That is a great name. Drunky yeah. two-shoes. Wow. Yeah, and Greg plays my litter mate, and his name is Daryl. <laughs> Daryl two-shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you very much can, like, subvert the convention, too, especially when everybody's got a lot of high fantasy names, and, like, your character's name is Esther. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's all. We, yeah, we yeah. just talked about one of my beloved favorite characters. I only got to play for three minutes, and his name was Kevin. <laughs> Shout and out I, to Kevin, our homie who ain't oh, here. Oh, uh, I wish I could tell you a secret about Kevin's for an upcoming project that I aforementioned. Uh, the summer of someone is also in it. And let me just say that someday someone will see it, and they'll remember I said this. There's a lot of Kevins. Look out for Kevin. You'll remember. Yep. Summer of Heavens. It's okay. like, you know, the, the hardest thing about living in Indiaville, and don't get me wrong, this is the champagniest of champagne problems, is <laughs> not only do you know cool things that are happening and you have to wait until the world can see them, there's multiple times we've been on projects and no one can talk about it. So you're like, hey, what's up? No, stuff, me too, yeah. Uh, you working on anything? Yeah, I'm working on a game. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's like a, like a C game. Me too. You know, and then you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Whisper it on three. Whisper it together. Well, you know what? Uh, Tanya and I did this dance once, and it turned out we were both working on games for the same company, but not the same game. So it still was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, no. No, different. Uh, no, right. Can't talk yeah. about it. Can't talk about it. It's yeah. like spies. It's like spies meeting on the bridge, being like, how do we communicate in a way that no one will know what we're saying with each other? Mm-hmm. Just answer yeah. a question mm-hmm. with a question. Mm-hmm. Kevin will be there to help. It's true. Kevin will be there. <laughs> you, heard it here, you heard it here first. You'll, it, I, I have some insight into what she's talking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't go. wait. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, but, go on. I was just like, yeah, D&D Live. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. Yeah, that's it. Uh, 
I was going to talk about D&D Live too. What? Crazy. It's almost uh, like that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> it's so weird because I am, um, Greg and I were talking about this in the intro, but uh, the faster purple worm, kill, kill, is mm-hmm. um, a very unique, fun concept. And um, you get to be a player in that, B. Dave. But Dude. just curious um, if either of you have ever lost a character, like how I lost Kevin, um, and like what? How do you how do you handle character death? Have you lost a character, Becca? Maybe not yet. Uh, I have lost many characters, and am I allowed to say Call of Cthulhu? Yes. I mean, you just did. Yes. So well, here we are now. The the, the um, lasers no, are pointing fine. on Other your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the lasers are here, and now I don't know what else to say. Um, but never, I, I, as I said, like my experience with role playing is a lot of one shots, and most of them are on the internet somewhere. So um, I haven't had that sort of like deep loss that comes, like if something were to happen to Tatiana, I would be very upset. Dave, okay. I would be very note, upset. note that Dave. It's, I, I literally walk around with Tatiana on my face on my mask. I have a black dice society mask. So oh my god! I can, I can re- she's I can, safe. That's true. I can represent for you always. You like you know you see those bad tie dye shirts where somebody or bad airbrush shirts where somebody died too young. I'll get that for Tatiana with an axe. She'll be all blue. Uh, we can't oh. even joke about this. It's no, not okay. It's, no, no, okay, sorry. She's too special. Sorry. She's too wait, special. Wait. Um, yeah. So I am not prepared. If should this eventually happen. <laughs> I, I'm not ready to lose a character that I care about. <laughs> it's, I have not, except for 10 Candles, where everybody died. Uh, I, I've had plenty of times where I thought I was like, oh, we're out of track. Like, this is the end. Okay. But I mean, I've had that happen in life on three separate occasions where it's like, oh, okay, this is death. Oh, I got out of it. You know, usually driving, you know, where you're like, there's the 18 wheeler. This is the end. I swear, I made it. You know, um, especially during... We're Alive Frontier, which we also did on Geek and Sundry, which was uh, um, Ivan Van Norman's zombie horror survival game uh, with me and Xander and um, uh, Anjali and Melanie Stone uh, and uh, uh, oh, uh, Josh um, um, Petersdorf and, oh, and Alquin Gersh. And, and just every time we one of us was about to die, like we all just fought so hard to save that person. Like it was such a mad scramble. And I'm glad we pre-taped that because... Every combat encounter you see, you miss the 15 minutes of like, but wait, but can I jump in the way? Wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I, can I tackle the zombie? Wait, wait, no, wait. Can I take, can I push him and take the bullet? You know, like, can I, can I, <laughs> you know, that very much got pared down to you get shot at, I push him out of the way type deal. Um, so that was close for, for the, yeah, for the most part, no, knock on wood. Cause we're just about to go back into the studio for LA by night season five. So I might be cursed by hubris here. Uh, okay. <laughs> something happens to the Baron. You mentioned playing 10 Candles, and we played in that 10 Candles game that Ivan ran together. Yes. And you played this Baptist preacher that was larger than life and one of my favorite characters I've ever seen you do. That was Boone, the doomsday prepper. This is the judgment of God come down on us. Yeah, that is that was that was interesting. It was me, you, uh, Amy Dolan, and Jason Carl. Oh, it was extra That's special. So but the way mm-hmm. that you can improvise and pontificate in this larger than life way as a GM seeing that as that, that as Boone, it, it was, 
it was, oh, somebody's got to put that on TikTok. Like there are some moments in there that are real special. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that is, it's a, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to wax too philosophical. Please feel free to interrupt me here. But it's both We're Alive Frontier and to a much greater extent, 10 Candles. I found that looming hopelessness to be interesting but at the end of the day is not my jam. I don't play games to get crushed under the heel and weight of life because I got life for that. <laughs> you know? really? yeah. I, I, I play games to have my dragons be beatable. You know, like you might lose, but you can win. <laughs> it's a, I, more uh, of my thing. Yep. I did make you play the horror game that you're not supposed to live through last week. That's the Call of Cthulhu <laughs> game. And you know, I'm sorry. I have escaped multiple sessions of Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> you know what? I didn't die on screen. That's all I'm going to say. I'll leave it to you, fair viewer, to see when it comes out what happened to me, you know? But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, I, well, and that's what's interesting about the, the faster purple worm uh, because it's knowing going in that you're going to be uh, have a, a demise and so, making that demise as amazing and hilarious and full of hubris as possible. So full disclosure, they have said that's what it's about, right? Because I didn't want to say that it's like it's a one-way trip for us. I didn't, as long as they've said it, I didn't say it. They've said it. Okay, We're it, saying it, it now because that's, that's oh, the good. whole shtick, right? And then it's it's maybe somebody will survive once, uh, maybe, but most likely when you go up against something with the CR levels that we're talking about here uh, with level one or less characters, you're going to die. Oh, can I? I want to spoil one your level one. Okay, there's one little thing I want to spoil for D&D Live, which Mm -hmm. is that game is the last game of the weekend, and there (sighs) will be a way that viewers can make that purple worm stronger. And it involves giving a charity. It's true. So we will we will suffer for a good cause. You know, the the strongness of the beast we will be faced with will be built up over the weekend based on donations and player interactions and the choice the audience makes. Because you all will spend the weekend building the creature that we will then face and die gloriously fighting. Which I is super that. fun. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Getting the audience involved. Yeah, Each exactly. one of the... Each one of the games is, and you guys will be, you know, memorizing this stuff and repeating it all throughout the weekend. But uh, every one of those games is, is for a charity uh, mm-hmm. that we're uh, driving donations towards. And I just love that everybody that wanted to be involved with this, you know, got involved because they're like, well, I want to play D&D, but I also want to, like, do some good in the world. And it's something that we kind of took... Uh, you know, with all the fundraising that Wizards have been doing for Extra Life, and then we channeled that into Red Nose Day for D and D Live 2020 last year, and then just you know building up on that that ability to have the D and D community give back uh, during you know these these huge moments where we have a lot of eyeballs on it. Man, it's it's something that I think uh, you know I'm one of the most proud of of, of why D and D Live is is such an important event. Well- Lambert House, you know, it's wild to get to do all these. Hey, hey, oh, we're twins. We got the menu. Yeah, that's it. Mine still doesn't come. Ah, mine I wear too often. <laughs> yeah, it, I, honestly, this shirt lives right over there. And I go on camera and I put it on and I take out camera and take it off and it lives right over there again. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it, to, to, it, is, it is a blessing to get to do something that we love and something that we enjoy and simultaneously make a meaningful impact in someone's life. Um, that's a huge thing. And uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate it. And, and our AP bio table is going to be uh, in support of uh, Alice's Kids is our charity that we'll be supporting there. So, uh, but, you know, I personally do a ton with Extra Life, Jasper's Game Day, uh, Lambert House, World Builders. Um, 
uh, and, and it's just uh, it's a good thing to be able to to be able to be geeks doing good. Yeah, and I mean, you, you mentioned doing good for somebody. I mean, the the, the charities that we're talking about, we're driving uh, resources and donations to, is a huge thing in it. But I also just love, even just through the course of this conversation, how much D and D helps people in their lives, right? Like just being able oh, yeah. to. To to uh, you know talk through anxiety, whether it's performance anxiety or other things that you're dealing with, uh, all that stuff. Uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is going to have a big um, audience uh, with D and D Live here, and I think that's a message I just want to make sure everybody knows about that. You know, this this game isn't just a game; it isn't just playing around, rolling dice with friends. It is, uh, you know, helping out with arithmetic skills. It's practicing social skills. It's working together. It's teaching empathy in a way that isn't teaching empathy. And uh, I love that you, uh, the three, you know, three of you, three of the hosts, you and and Mika Burton, uh, will be able to just kind of ring that gong and 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 show the biggest audience possible just what this D and D fandom is all about. Yeah, it, it'll be a grand old time. And the, the spirit of it is definitely introducing this to new people. I mean, of course, the existing fans are welcome. You're always welcome anywhere we are. Pull up a chair. But it, it is the, the hope is that uh, people that have heard of D&D, because by now, who hasn't, but don't necessarily know what that is, don't know what that entails. They're going to come along on these adventures with with maybe because uh, someone they know that is famous is watching. Maybe they're just flipping through the channel, see it on Peacock, uh, whatever. Hopefully, people can come from different directions and see something interesting, which can help guide them down the path of this uh, grand adventure that we've all been blessed to take. You know, and, uh, may, right. may, may all your hits be crits, y'all. That's super exciting and epic. And Greg, to to echo what you're saying, it can also be therapy. It has been for me many times, exploring things that you didn't know that you needed to examine about yourself because someone called out that that was true about your character and their wants and desires. And it, it makes you say, oh my gosh, wait, I, I'm i not valued by whether or not I can slay this dragon. Like I'm still a valuable part of the team, even if I didn't even if I just got one sneaky sword poke because I'm the rogue. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've yeah, said many you are, times. You have value, Becca. You do. You're innately valuable. You know, <laughs> um, uh, you're V Becca Scott now. Valuable. Um, yes. it, I, I think in times past when I was on talking with you guys, I said that was a thing because, uh, again, I've been blessed to, to do a lot of TTRPGs now. And I realized certain through lines in the characters I created and certain things mm-hmm. were true of all of them which gave me an insight into me because I'm like, oh, they're like that because I'm like that, you know, like, because obviously, you know, you assemble these characters out of the materials that you have to put into it. And then I started making conscious choices about this time I will be not that, you know? And then a couple of times I still slid that way. And then I was like, no, 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 wait, really? This time I'm going to be not that. Um, but it is an interesting insight. Like if you look back over your like less five or six characters, if they're sneaky and untrustworthy or if they're gloriously heroic or if they're just whatever, you you can kind of start putting pins into the pushboard there that connect the strings of uh, how your noodle works by default. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Now I want noodles connecting visual. all those dots too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Noodle dots. Mm. The noodles to your noodle. <laughs> mm, noodle dots. Just follow noodle the noodle. Dots. Mm-hmm. Also, Shelly, well, you, you should run you. a game if you feel like it. Zone of safety. Zone of safety. You don't have to do I anything. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta do a little more self discovery. If you, if you, if you would like my my suggestion, uh, just run a game for one person. Uh, one-on-one play is actually, actually really great. 
yeah, like especially like play with your son or something, you know, or or just you know a friend that maybe doesn't even know anything, and just you know kind of kind of have a good time. Yeah, and, yeah. Like be kind of raising this kid is kind of like being a dungeon master because it's bit. me always telling him what to do and him always like asking a million questions about well what if I do this? Well what if yeah. I do that? Correct. What, what happens if I do this? You right. could just then, introduce dice into your parenting. Say yes. I don't know what happens. Roll a die and I'll tell you. Yes. Exactly. Oh, rocks, rocks fall. Sorry. Rocks fall. There, rocks fall. Go to your room. All yep. your Fortnite action figures have just been destroyed. <gasps> mm-hmm. oh, too far. Too far. That <laughs> 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 made me feel bad too. <laughs> You're like I can't do. I'm that. gonna go buy him something. See, and that's the empathy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> That's the empathy you've learned from D and D. Like, oh, I can immediately pick up that was too far from the yeah. from the faces. Yep, very true. All right. Well, All I can tell you guys got a lot of work to do. Got to go into prep for tomorrow's uh, Black Dice Society. That is that's that's what's next up on the list. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, thank you so much, the two of you, for taking time out of your schedule uh, to talk about. All of the fun D&D stuff, as well as your hosting chops for D&D Live 2021. I can't wait. July 16th at 12 p.m. Pacific time is when it all begins. Uh, so everybody, tune in and watch these amazing folks tell the world about D&D. Can't wait. Thanks, Craig and Shelly. See you next you. time. Um, before we let you go, though, you got to tell us exactly where, I mean, I, I think you mentioned it all throughout this interview, but where's the rapid fire thing where people can find out everything about you, Dave? Oh, I cash, follow me on the Twittergrams at Walters to know what I'm doing, but I'm going to use my time to say one, Greg Tito, the best. I wouldn't be where I am without him. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Becca Scott, follow the Good Time Society. It'd be gauche if she were to say that her content is amazing, that she is a brilliant performer and witty and insightful and one of the single best guides to board games that you will ever find. So if there's something you've been interested in playing but don't necessarily know where to start or how to take on, chances are extraordinarily high that this woman has recorded some tutorial content for her. You should give her a follow and uh, watch all the things she do and you will be blessed by it. Good time, society. Okay, uh, so I'll use my time to say follow the Black Dice Society. We're on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram. You can get a mask. You can get dice uh, from, um, um, where where do we get our dice? Die Hard Dice. (laughs) Die Hard Dice. And uh, B. Dave Walters is is such a joy to work with and be around and will make your life better if you follow all of his content. So Shelly's wonderful and amazing and beautiful. Let's not leave Shelly out of the love in. Like Shelly's incredible. It's all good. I've, 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 I've been I've been blessed to hang out with Shelly in person. We were we did the Rick and Morty. The Rick and uh, Morty, yeah. The Rick and Morty thing, you know. Shelly is a gem and a joy. And if you choose to run a game, I volunteer as tribute for your first. Oh. And if you choose not to, that is okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shelly, it's been a joy to hang out with you and it Greg really too. Has. Oh. We get to do this again. But uh, uh, I will definitely be doing it next weekend, at least virtually. Woo-hoo. We'll be watching. Woo-hoo. Awesome. Yeah. We will die with glory. Die. Kapla. <laughs> it's going to be epic. They won't want to miss it. So excited for D&D Live 2021. And B. Dave Walters and Becca Scott are going to be a big part of it. They're hosting along with Mika Burton. And what is planned for that whole weekend is going to knock not only my socks off not even Shelly's socks off but you can knock them off in a box with a fox and you can kick rocks and you can eat locks 
And you can wear smocks. And you can not get chicken pox. The president of Wizards of the Coast is Christopher Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I had to take Quinn to the docks. To <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there Multiple was more ones? than one. Plural? Yes. Yes. yes, it takes a village to examine my child. Or did you just take him to the docks and be like, you're going to go on a yes, ship, Yes, to the fishing friend. docks. The fishing docks, of yep. course. And I said, you're hungry, you fetch yourself some dinner, boy. Teach a boy to fish. <laughs> uh, we oh, are boy. so excited, again, for D&D Live. You can watch it anywhere possible, basically. But it is going to be the D&D Twitch and YouTube channels, the G4 Twitch and YouTube channels, and you can watch it on Peacock, which is super cool. And streaming it directly to your phone is pretty much the dream of so many fun uh, events like this. And so I can't wait for y'all to see the hilarity and get excited about the D&D fandom once again. Hi. And there's all those fun... Books that are coming out that we're going to be talking about too. So we got the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, which you'll hear uh, about from Chris Perkins. Yes, yes. You you'll will. hear about Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos from Amanda Hamon, as well as another really fun thing, or two, or three, or four that we can't tell you about just yet. Let's just stop talking about it. But for Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, I'm never going to stop talking about because the cards that have been previewed for that so far uh look amazing you'll find out even more information about that at dnd live it's a big part of why becca is there obviously uh to uh be excited about that set that puts dungeons and dragons in the magic the gathering game for the first time lots of great innovations happening there and uh we're going to delve into even more of it uh over the course of uh this summer before we get into all the fun dnd stuff so looking forward to that if you want to find out anything about uh, D&D Live, you can go to g4.com slash dn, the letter N, D, live uh, to find out all the latest information as well as how to watch. And of course, you can go to dungeonsanddragons.com to find out uh, about the latest products. Uh, product pages will be updated for D&D Live on July 16th and 17th, so uh, look for more detail there. And then of course, there's also uh, a great way to pre-order that however you can uh, through any digital partners or grab those awesome alt covers from your local game store. Um, there will be one of them for each of the products we're talking about, I believe. Very I believe. exciting on that yes. front. Yes. Dragon Plus has got you covered with even more details and information about upcoming Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Download that to your phone or check out the content there at dragonmag.com. I know Bart's been working hard on the latest issue. Yes, yeah, so if you miss anything from this, this giant D&D Live weekend, I think you're going to get a really sweet recap um, and a, even more information um, in, a, in an issue that comes out right after. So get download it now so you don't miss anything. Cool beans. Um, you can follow me. I'm at Greg Tito, uh, Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. And uh, go ahead and follow Reengage TNG if you want to jump into watching old Star Trek The Next Generation episodes we were in 1988. Uh, sorry. Yes, 1989. Now, Whoa. Uh, because we're in season two uh, and past the calendar there. So it is funny to look at what's happening in the world in 1989 and how much I internalized the news uh, as a youngin uh, and uh, in the context of Star Trek Next Generation. It's been super fun. Shelly, what about you? 
I'm on Shelly Moo on most um, social media platforms. Also at Two Old Moms on Instagram. T-W-O underscore old underscore moms. And that's me. I'm one of those old moms. I'm proud of it. I still always think of two broke moms and I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> well, that's also true. Maybe you should get that, you should get that handle too before it's uh, snapped up. Yeah, on it. For all of your financial, uh, financial advice podcast that you're going to be starting. Yes, I, yeah. What's her name? Suze? Foreman? <laughs> Su- and yeah, me, right. we're doing like our own little thing together. Your own version of it, you and Suze. Because <laughs> she's broke now. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't follow her it. own advice. Yeah, she's like, please, I should have followed my own advice. Awesome. All right, well, that's all the fun stuff that's going on. We don't have anything more fun to do except... Except go on an adventure. All right, so the ongoing storyline of Drunky Two-Shoes and Daryl Two-Shoes, they have been reunited once again. 100% sure that Daryl is not a doppelganger at this point, maybe. And they are uh, off to Castle Waterdeep uh, to try to stop some type of nefarious plan that a group of doppelgangers has been enacting here in Waterdeep. They are uh, joined by Samson, a fighter, uh, who is uh, also a member of the Harpers, along with Daryl and, you know, honorary member, Drunky. And I think the last thing we left was uh, you guys sharing a little nip from a flask on your way through the city. I mean, I was, if they want some, they can have some, but I was definitely nipping. Drunky, true to her name. Yeah. Uh, and Daryl, of course, does share along with you. He's like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do here, but we've got to figure out something. Yeah. Well, that's your problem, Daryl. You're the one who insists on doing this. I think we could just leave. But that would just make our, our dungeon master so upset. <laughs> but we could find a new adventure. We could go ride dinosaurs and chult. I, that's where we belong. After this, we will. I will take you for a dinosaur ride. Hopefully it won't be one of the zombie-infested ones. Well, even so. Okay. So we So have you guys to uh, travel through the city and you get to the gate of Castle Waterdeep and it's got large, you know, kind of pristine white stone walls uh, around it and several Beautiful. guards are out front. And actually, as you first notice, it looks like there's a lot more guards uh, than is normal uh, for the post. There's like okay. a group of almost 20 of them uh, at the gate just kind of milling about looking as much as they can everywhere. Whoa. Is this normal, Daryl? No, this is very, uh, they must have gotten my warning or something has happened. Do they know you? Like, are we going to be able to get into this castle? I do not know these guards. But uh, perhaps we can uh, make our names known and uh, see if we can get in or, I don't know. Do you think we should try to sneak in? That might arouse suspicion. Yep, just, let's just go do, do it your way just... Introduce yourself, I guess. Uh, Samson, would you like to? Uh, you, you seem a lot more uh, comfortable uh, here in these type of situations. Uh, and Samson just kind of nods and he's like, follow me. Oh. Uh, and so the three of you are kind of walking up to this front gate. Uh, the guards definitely had marked you uh, as pausing a little bit, uh, but you know they're uh, aware of your presence. And as you walk with Samson in front of you, you know it's a, it's a nice little picture here, right? You have the, the armored... Um, uh, not exactly knight, but you know, kind of feeling like a little bit more uh, formal uh, in Samson in, in front of you, and then the two uh, Tabaxi uh, behind. Uh, what is what does Drunky look like at this exact moment? 
really a- attractive. <laughs> You've been She's grooming probably, yourself uh, yeah. and getting your hair perfectly She's always done. a little disheveled, a little mangy, um, probably a little sweaty. <laughs> and um, maybe her clothes are a little dirty. Yeah. Uh, and Daryl's definitely does seem a little bit disheveled as well, but uh, you see him try to, you know, neaten up and, and smooth out and kind of brush the dust off of his uh, rough spun uh, clothing. He's not wearing uh, anything too metal or heavy as armor, but he does have a nice uh, padded breastplate underneath uh, that he's trying to look as nicely as possible. And I w- I'm just looking at Daryl and kind of like pointing at my necklace to make sure the illusion is still there so that it doesn't, it just looks like a... I forgot what I turned it into, like an elephant or something. Right, and then you put it—you put it behind yeah. your your. Just like you robot. can't see anything, right? You can't right. see anything. Okay. Okay. So Samson uh, goes up to the guard, and uh, you hear him kind of loudly state, "Hello, we are here as representatives of an important organization." And he seemed kind of like nod his head uh, with that, and then the captain of the guard looks at Samson. Um, kind of with, like, you know, he was not paying too much attention. He's kind of in the back of this group. Uh, and you see him kind of stride forward past the lower level uh, guards that were blocking your way with, uh, with halberds. Uh, and the captain says, Come with me. And he what? gestures forward. Really? Yeah. All three of us? All three of you. Huh. Um, and you walk uh, past the gate a little bit. The guards kind of eye you strangely because it does seem. Uh, quite odd at this high-level alert that he would bring you in uh, quite like this. Uh, and the captain says to the three of you, after you're about 20 feet away uh, from the group of guards, uh, and you're in the courtyard of, of Castle Waterdeep here, so it's log, you know, lots of architecture kind of around you, but you're in a large public open space, but you are a little bit private, and he just does say to you, did Mert, Mert send you? And he's looking at you, uh, drunky. Yep. Good. There's been an attempt on Laryl Silverhand's life. Oh, no. We are under high alert. She is protected uh, and safe. But we do not know when they will strike next. Was it doppelgangers? They were able to infiltrate uh, the most secure confines of the palace. But yes. Okay. Um, can we can we help? Can we help protect Laryl? I was told that she wanted to meet with any Harpers who presented themselves. Uh, that's us. I would need to see some identification. <sighs> I look at uh, Daryl like. The hell, man. Now what? <laughs> uh, and Daryl kind of, uh, you know, upon hearing that, you see him kind of, you know, narrow his eyes a little bit. Uh, and he seems okay. And then he looks at you and he says, is, is he cool, man? Ooh. He's winking at you. Yeah. I guess, and he's like, well, I, I guess... No matter how much you nipped on that liquor, you would tell me if what you saw in front of me was a doppelganger, right, Trunky? Oh, Trunky is like, oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, do I have to touch the amulet to make this happen? No, you just have to uh, I- use your eyes, you know, and you don't see any 
um, cool. evidence of a doppelganger here, but he's confirming with you before that. No, it's good. He's good. Uh, all right, then. Uh, and then Daryl flashes his uh, Harper symbol. It's a uh, metallic amulet uh, uh, symbol of the Harpers. Uh, and the guard looks at it and he says, Right then, uh, come with me. Stay quiet, eyes down. Okay. And the four of you uh, walk into the palace. I, I don't keep my eyes down, just so you know. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm looking at everything. I'm, I don't go to palaces that often. All right. Make me a perception check then. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Um, so you are walking and you're, you're doing what you're saying. You're looking around at everything. Um, and with a 16, at the, at the, right as you're about to enter the door, like he kind of opens like a small side door uh, that doesn't look like one of the main entrances of the palaces and he's kind of ushering you all in. Um, and as soon as you're about to go into that door, out of the corner of your eye, uh, you see some furtive movement uh, hiding behind shrubbery. And we'll tick it up there next time. Oh! Bum, bum, bum. Okay, see? What's Drunky Don't gonna f- do? Drunky's gonna jump into the bushes. <laughs> I like it. She's not, um, she's, she doesn't think things through often. Nice. But you know, right. she's a cat. So if you see something shaking in the distance, you have to chase after it. Right, and it looks like a little uh, feather on a stick. uh, A little red laser. (laughs) A little light laser. (laughs) 